Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we are entering the last week before Passover. Uh, actually, today is Wednesday and we're eight days away. And, um, and uh, I found a siha from the Rebbe, one of his discourses, his famous discourses, that talk about Pesach and it's about slavery and freedom. And I found it very, very relevant for the days that we're living right now. We should take it to heart and, um, and try to transform ourselves in the best way possible. And God willing, we will be redeemed uh, very soon from this 11th plague, which I call it like that. So it says that one of the basic tenets of um, Judaism is that true life, the true life of a Jewish person is not only in one di dimension. We're not only material beings. Actually, we are spiritual beings living in a material world. It, it, our physical aspect of existence is transient, transient. It's a part of our journey in this world to be able to elevate it, to be able to refine our bodies, to be able to, to unleash potentials we didn't even know we had. And it's a journey. It's a journey to the world to come, to the Olam Abam. So really, we live in a material way, in a material world, but our endeavors, the things that we do, should be all uh, godly godly and spiritual and so it says the Rebbe says that taking this into consideration the phrase and they embitter their lives which is in um, in the book of Exodus they embitter their lives the, the, which is the description of what the Egyptians did to the Jewish people that for 210 years they were uh, slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt and they lived a very bitter existence uh, the Torah verse does not depart from its plain meaning, but it, the essence of life it, is its spiritual dimension. Then this verse also implies that the Egyptians embittered their spiritual existence. So what the Rebbe is saying is that when a person in the physical world has a very bitter life, he has a life that is very harsh and very hard and very, uh, it's a suffered life, then his spiritual existence also becomes embittered. So this requires a clarification. It, he says that the intense labor can embitter one's physical life, but how could that uh, come to, to also embitter our spiritual life? So what it says is that the true exacting work can distract and impede a person from his duty of Torah study and, 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 the, and the doing of mitzvot. When a person is going through a very harsh time in his life, like we're going right now, everybody's so worried in many aspects uh, about their lives, about their loved ones, about their economical situation, uh, if they're gonna have food tomorrow. It's a, it's a real uh, uh, Sarah's, how they say, a, a suffering what we're going through right now. Not only the Jewish people, but the world at large, we're all in the same boat. What the, the Rebbe is saying here is that when a person has such a bitter experience in his physical life, 
then his spiritual existence also becomes bitter. Torah law states that a Jewish slave may not be subjected to overly oppressive work. This is an alaha, a, a, a law of the Jewish code of law. Maimonides explains this, um, this alaha. He says that, that what it refers to, to is that if you put a person to work with no limit and no, and no purpose, then you're giving him a oppressive labor. And, uh, and it states that this, this description, which is in the, in, in the scripture, of the harshness of the Egyptian exile and the oppressive labor that they inflicted into, onto the Jewish people, where they had to have a certain quota of bricks and mortar every day, and they had to build these edifices, but there was no purpose to them and there was no, no limit. So their work had no, 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 no floor. It was senseless. So when a Jew applies himself to material matters in accordance with the Torah principles, then his material and vocational tasks have a limit and a purpose. The whole Torah is to make our lives meaningful and purposeful. All, everything we do uh, when we, we go by, by the guidelines of Hashem in our life has purpose and limit. So what it says here, uh, he talks about that, for example, when a person is working and he works and he works and he works, and right now many people are very worried about their, their, their economical situation, when you work and you work and you labor and you labor and you work and at all hours, you can be in your house and you're still thinking about your job and you're at 11 o'clock at night in the computer looking at how much more can you do, it is, it is senseless and it has no purpose and no limit. And that's what makes, um, it makes it bitter. So he says that when you eat from the labor of your hands, refers to an external and lower aspect of one's selfhood, not one's higher inner talent and soul powers. The amount of time one may devote to material pursuits should be limited. When allocating this time, it is necessary to provide for adequate time. So, you know, King Solomon says, there's a time for everything, there's a place for everything. You know, you, we have to learn how to live giving time and limit to everything around our lives. Too much of something is not good. Too little, maybe it's not good either. We have to learn to put the, the, the amount of time, the amount of, of, of purpose in the things we do. And, and it says that when, when a person uh, puts time, sets time for, for example, for Torah study and for helping other people, assures that his labor will be with purpose. Since his work conforms to Torah guidelines, his doing and labor will be a vessel and means by which God, your God, will bless you. So when a person, and especially men, when they know that they have to work, it is actually, it's a must. We have to go through the natural means to be able to earn a living. Hashem made a world that is it's, it's natural. It's, it's, he's, he's really hiding within nature. So if we want to earn a living, we have to work. It's not gonna come to us if we don't work. But we have to know that this is only the vessel, this is only the keili for the blessing of God to come into your life. 
That's why there has to be a limit of time and, and purpose in, 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 your, in your work. However, when one expands all his energies for material gain, his mind constantly is preoccupied with various statements to increase his profits. He, this is a, a labor which is limitless and purposeless. So there's people who earn a very good livelihood, but nevertheless, it's not enough for them. If they make 100, they need 200. If they make 200, they need 300. They're never happy with their lot. They're never satisfied with what they've gained. If today they had a great day in the business, they're not happy because it, it should have been better. So what the Rev is saying is, is that, that uh, he is striving is without purpose, for as the verse declares, nor is there bread for the wise, for God is the sole source of man's material sustenance, and man cannot create his own material wealth. We don't create our money. If not, look at the world today. You had all these people thinking they're rich, they're millionaires, they have all this money in the stock market, and suddenly one day they wake up and the whole thing crashed and everything they thought they owned is nowhere to be seen. So what he's saying is, is that this striving for material wealth and gain is also uh, described as something without limit and uh, for there may be no limitation to an individual's preoccupations and efforts. So when a person works in this way, he's really a slave. He'll never be free. He's really a slave. It's like the person that owns a, a business and he closes at six o'clock in the afternoon and all the workers go home. And the worker, the minute they leave their job, they left their job. Their head is not in, in how, much, how many sales he did today, how many more he has to do tomorrow. He's not even thinking about that. He goes visits his mom, then he goes home, then he takes off his shoes, he goes and watches TV, reads the newspaper, the, the wife gives him food, he's with his kids. He has no, he's not a, a slave. But the owner of the business, he closed at six, he stays in the business three more hours, uh, putting things away and making sure everything looks good and looking at the numbers and then he gets home and he's still in the computer and he's sending emails to China to see if they're gonna ship to him and he goes to sleep and he's still thinking about his business and he wakes up in the morning and the first thing he's thinking about is his business. So this person will never be free, he's always gonna be a slave. Then, the Rebbe comes and tells us, ah, oh, but don't be so, so, so sure if you're a person that learns Torah and does mitzvot all day, that you're not gonna be a slave. Because he says that also the Torah scholar in his relentless pursuit to, to, to learn Torah can also become a slave because what guides him, what, what pushes him to, be a, um, to learn Torah all day is his honor, is his dignity, how the Rosh Hashiva is going to see him, how his friends are going to see him, if he's going to look for a wife, he needs to be a top Torah scholar because he has to show that he knows that he has a good head so his father-in-law will help him uh, in life you know so the truth is that this person also even though his pursuit is a, a spiritual pursuit when he does it with no purpose and no limit he's gonna be also a slave 
he's not going to be a free man. He's going to be a slave because he's not sitting to learn Torah, Leshem Shamaim, for, for the sake of, 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 of heaven. His only interest should be God and to learn Torah because this is what God is asking from him. God gave him this quality, this type of brain to sit all day and learn. He gave him this uh, uh, good uh, qualities to be able to do what he does and he should sit down and learn all day because this is what he was born to do. This is his purpose in life. But not because he needs to have honor and he needs to have dignity because this then takes away the purpose of why he's learning. It makes it a whole different thing and then this can possess him to the exclusion of other thoughts even upon going to sleep. The Heshpon Hanefesh, the, the, the prayer we do every night before we go to sleep that we're looking inside of ourselves, we're making an accounting of, of our day, of how we did, if I did well today, if I didn't did well today, how can I improve myself? Even in this moment, he's not going to be preoccupied how he can better himself. He's going to be preoccupied if, uh, if, uh, if he's uh, being able to keep up with the Jones. So, so the concerns with one physical well-being is justifiable for as Maimonides states, guarding the health and well-being of the body is one of the ways of serving God since a healthy body is necessary for serving God. So this is the punchline where I found that this siha was really unbelievable in our times. Because what the Rebbe is saying is that the, the body is very important and we should really take care of our body and we should really take care of our health. You know now many Jewish men, religious men, are feeling very bad and very discouraged because they can't go and pray in a minion with, of 10 men, they can't go to shul, they cannot, uh, people ha that have to do Kaddish, they cannot do Kaddish with a minion, they cannot do Kaddish. It's horrible. And for a person that is religious, he feels like he's missing out. But in reality, God is asking him at this moment, stay home, don't come, you're serving me because you're serving me because you're putting your life ahead. You're putting your life as utmost importance. It's more important that you're healthy to me, that you're taking care of your body, that you're guarding yourself, than if you come to the synagogue and you pray. This reminds me of a story that I've said it many times of Rabbi Susha and Rabbi Elimelech, that they were in a certain town and the, the police took them because they thought they were thieves, they put them in jail. And they're in this cell and it, they, they, it's time to pray Minha, the afternoon prayer, and it smells bad. And the Alaha, the law, says that if a place smells bad, you cannot pray. So Rabbi Elimelech starts crying and he starts telling his brother that he's beyond himself, that he has never missed in his whole life a Minha prayer. And that now he can pray, he's beyond himself. And Rabbi Susha tells him, you know, the same God that tells you to pray every day at a certain time with a minion is the same God that is telling you not to pray if it doesn't smell good. So either way, you're serving him. So who cares? The important thing is that you're serving him. 
So here the Rebbe is telling us like the, the body is such a precious vehicle, we need it to be able to fulfill our purpose in this world and we have a limit to it. It's, we, we're born on a certain day and we're going to leave this world on a certain way. We're not going to be here forever. This life is not infinite. It has a fi it's finite. We have a, a timeline. So what he's saying is, is the same God that is telling go, you to go and pray with a minion every day when there's a pandemic. This God doesn't want you to be in a shoe full of people sneezing and coughing over you. He doesn't want you there. He wants you home. He wants you to take care of your body. So either way, you're serving God. So, so it says here that the, that the, the concern of one's physical well-being is, is very important. You shall indeed help him with, which instructs us to help a fellow Jew by lighting the load of an unburdened animal. Uh, what it's saying is, is that we, this is a moment of a Havas Israel, of love for your fellow. That if you see a person carrying a burden, you have to run and help him unload that burden. So right now, we see these hospitals are burdened. It's like they can't keep up with the amount of people that are coming. So we have to unload that burden. We have to be responsible. We have to stay home. The more we stay home, the less we're in the streets, the less uh, overcrowding uh, of hospitals we're going to have and less people are going to get sick. So it's our responsibility. It's a, a Havas Israel is love your fellow. This is the biggest mitzvah, to love your fellow as yourself. This is what God is asking from us right now, that we love everybody and we take care of everybody, not only ourselves, but other people too. So, so the Rabbi Israel Baal Shem Tov explained that in addition to the plain meaning this verse teaches that one should not withdraw into a life of spiritual isolation, the soul must help and strive to edify and refine the physical body in which it abides. This is particularly underscored by Rabbi Shneur Salman of Yadi, the Alter Rebbe, in the Tanya, in which he explains that God's choice of the Jewish people refers specifically to the body. God's will is fulfilled specifically through mitzvot performed physically by a Jew. Since the body of a Jew is so esteemed in God's view, it is especially important to take care of the body. You know, Hashem invests so much in us. He emanates a soul. He takes it down from the world. He puts it in a, in a body. He gives it to some parents. He gave us a attribute special things that each one of us has to come and fulfill our purpose in this world. He invested in us. We're an investment. So we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility with God to be able to come into this world and fulfill our purpose the best way that we can. You know, if a person gets sick out of nowhere, well, that's not his, his, his uh, fault. You know, people get sick. They were not looking for the sickness. But if a person is smoking to death or vaping or drugging himself or drinking or, or going out into a, a, a party right now or going to shul, you are being very irresponsible. It is your fault. So, so what it says is that we are here to perform Torah and mitzvot. This is our job in this world. And the soul, the neshama elokit, which is the godly neshama, the godly soul, because we have an animal soul and a godly soul, 
is pure and perfect. It is mamesh, a piece of God. It has no problem. It doesn't come here to grow or to become better. It doesn't need to grow. It's perfect. It comes to help the body refine itself and elevate the body. This is our job here, to refine the body. We are working on our bodies to be able to receive Mashiach. You know, when Adam and Eve, they sinned and they ate from the tree of, of, of good and evil, their bodies went down to a different level. Their bodies before the sin were perfect bodies. Their spiritual bodies. The Zohar says that they even they didn't look like us. The, the skin was made out of nails. They were translucent. Once they sinned and they descended from the Garden of Eden, then they came to this realm, the body became a different type of body. It's a, a coarse body. But in reality, we have to refine that body. That's our job here. Death is the ultimate refinement of the body. That the composition of the body is what at the end is going to bring it back to its original state. So, so the Alter Rebbe says that the, the godly soul is linked with God who is infinite without limitation and constraint. It's free. It's not like the body that is constricted. Does there exist within the soul unlimited powers beyond reckoning and limitation, as for example, the capacity for altruistic self-sacrifice, which exists within each Jew? We have the capacity for the infinite. Maybe our bodies are finite, maybe our existence here is finite, but our potential has no limits because the potential comes from the godly neshama, from the godly soul. It is infinite like the soul. So right now we're going through this pandemic. We're all being asked to do the impossible. And you're going to see how people can really leave this comfort zone where they are and they can really elevate their bodies to a different level. This is the whole purpose of this suffering, really, is to elevate the body, to make it more refined, to make it more uh, uh, sensitive to, their, to the spiritual part of themselves. And um, so we see here that uh, when we're able to transcend, when we're able to tap into our potentials and we, we transcend the reason and understanding, utilizing the traits that were given to each one of us because Hashem gave each one of us special powers to be able to fulfill whatever we have to fulfill in this world, one can reach a level of spiritual service truly devoid of any hint of thought of personal gain or self-service, self, uh, uh, selfishness. And um, serving God only with a profound commitment of self-altruism. This is the whole purpose of Pesach. is for us to really get rid of our egos, to make them small, so the godly part of ourselves can really shine out. Because when the ego is so, so puffed up, the godliness in us is damped down. So Pesach does the reverse. It brings down the ego, the cleansing of the hametz in your house and not eating hametz for, for a week and not owning hametz. Spiritually makes us more uh, selfless people, make us our egos little. And uh, however, when these godly powers are misused, for the very reverse of the spiritual, when it's self-serving purposes, what you do is that you make the light dark and then making darkness into light and light into darkness, the bitter 
the bitter sweet and the sweet bitter. This constitutes an oppressive labor without limits and purpose, and the vitality of the godly soul is embittered as in the biblical, biblical words, and they embitter their lives. So the whole purpose uh, of a Jew, his responsibility, let's call it, let's be responsible, for which his soul was sent down to the material world, the Yetzer Haram, the evil inclination desires to block him from fulfilling this. Obviously, we are, Hashem gave us this Yetzer Hara. He didn't want to give it to us, but he had to. He gave it to us so we can have free will and we can be free to choose if we do the, good, the right thing or the not right thing. God has given each one of us talents and capacity to live a life that is full, where we can all be superheroes, and, um, and to live a life spiritually radiant with Torah and mitzvot. If a Jew lives up to his potential, then his life has profound meaning and, and significance and reflects even, even as, in a small degree, the infinite light of Hashem. So our, our job here is to reveal God in this world. We, every time a Jew does a Kiddush Hashem, elevates the, nom, the name of Hashem in anything he does, he is bringing the revelation of God to the world through his actions. It is for this reason that the liberation from Egypt commenced with the divine commandment to, to draw and take yourselves the Pesach sacrifice. This Pesach sacrifice was the Paschal lamb. The lamb for the Egyptians was a god. And in those days, the Jewish people, I don't worship this lamb. So when they sacrificed it, they shattered all their idols. This is what it was. They, they, they said to the Egyptians, we don't believe in your lamb, we believe in one God. And they shattered their idols. And this is what Hashem is asking from us right now, is to shatter our idols. Whatever we think that we're right, we're right, we're right, this is important, this is important. Suddenly, nobody's thinking about going to buy a, a new dress right now. Nobody's thinking about the new shoes that are in fashion. People are thinking right now, how do I keep myself healthy? How do I keep my family healthy? How can I uh, keep myself sane in these moments? How can I connect to God? How can I be closer to Hashem? This is what people should be thinking right now. This is the whole purpose of this. It's to get us close to God. It's an opportunity. So the Jewish people does actualize the high spiritual potential of their souls, completely fulfilling God's commandment that resulted in freedom described in the Tikkunet Sohar, freedom from folly, from stupidity, freedom from stupid things that we get attached to that are not important that in a crisis like this you see you can live without them they're really you don't even miss them really and 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 and, and then you're attaching yourself to things that are really valuable and this is liberty this is freedom Hashem is giving us the tasting of, of, of Mashiach today. He's giving us this tasting of what freedom feels. So it was necessary for the Jewish people to first free their enslaved spiritual strength, which every Jew possesses in potential and use it in the service of God, in order for them to be libera liberated from the embitterment of the Egyptian slavery. And this is the spiritual significance of liberation and freedom from Egypt including the actual physical departure of the Jewish people from Egypt, uh, from the Egyptian servitude, and their journey through the desert to Mount Sinai where they received the Torah. 
So I really want to bless all of you that Hashem should keep you, keep you safe, healthy, you, your loved ones, that we should have a beautiful Passover, uh, full of meaning and purpose, spiritual connection, and that we should see good days, that Hashem, the way He brought this, this plague onto us, He should just take it away. Just as it came, it should, it should disappear. It should disappear. So I wish you um, uh, a happy, a haksamea, healthy, and a, and a kosher eh, Pesach. And be, 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 be well, live a little higher. Thank you.